Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Hi friends, welcome back to our last episode of the Spooky Halloween series where we discuss real-life inspirations behind some of your favorite Halloween characters. Today's story is a tough one. We will be mentioning child death and medical torture, so listener discretion is advised. You jumped back. <laughs> no, I'm just... Medical torture. I didn't know how else to word that, honestly. No, I, th- I mean, if it applies, it applies. I just... It's not something that I think about a lot, I guess. Well, you will be after this. Okay. So we're going to start on July 13th of 1950 in Texas. This is where Janine Ann Jones was born. Now, I'm not sure who her biological parents are, but we do know that she was immediately adopted by Dick and Gladys Jones. Dick and Gladys previously had adopted three children, and they lived in San Antonio, Texas. Dick was an entrepreneur, though he wasn't very good at it, considering he had a gambling addiction. Some of his entrepreneurial quests included a nightclub, which failed, then a restaurant, which also failed, and a billboard business, which, like the others, failed. This I would was... love to have a billboard business. It's easy money. I just wish my house was, like, on a busy road, because I absolutely would have a billboard. <laughs> yeah. Why would you not? Like, so many people are wasting advertising space. Prime real estate. I mean, I understand that it, like, isn't the prettiest, and I also do love how, like, forests look, but still. I love money. I also... Do not like my student loan debt. So right, it's Mr. Krabs. I mean, sometimes you have to make sacrifices of the beautiful trees. <laughs> just take down like three. We're not even taking the trees down. We're just blocking them. They're still there. Listen, it'll be fine. Trees are green. Money's also green. So I had not considered, but yes, you're right. I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, his billboard business didn't do well. But you know, this wasn't because the billboard business wasn't booming, but it was because he had a gambling problem. Which, obviously, with money being tight and having a parent who is struggling with addiction, this made things hard for the Jones family. Janine didn't feel that she was getting enough attention from her parents, so it was said that she would constantly fake being sick. Can I say something that's kind of silly? Mm-hmm. That is the name that I named my Jeep. Janine? Janine. Really? Janine the Jeep. <laughs> so this is just kind of funny to me <laughs> because that's her name. Well, I know something bad's about to happen to Janine. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's the name of my Jeep. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't no. know what to do now. <laughs> you just, I just know that you're going to hate your car name after this. No, I actually love the name Janine, so I do not think that this is going to tarnish it. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, the thing about it is, Jill, the really scary ones I just block out of my memory. Do you know how many times I've thought about Ed since last week? Zero. That's good, though. Not a single time. So why don't we watch scary movies? <laughs> just block it I out I feel like after. it's different seeing it than just, like, listening about it. You don't have, like, mental pictures in your head? I do. No. My imagination is not, like, a normal person's imagination, I don't mm. think. I very rarely have, like, true images in my brain. Hmm. Interesting. You know, like, there are images online of, like, the... Uh, 
example scale yeah of mm-hmm. what imagination looks like and when people are picturing things whether or not they actually see the image I do not see images in my head so like when Darian tries to explain things to me and he's like we're going to connect it this way this way this way I can't see it hmm. it's very hard for me that's interesting yeah. mine mine is like the middle one I have very vivid dreams though oh yeah but back to her faking being sick, I feel Sorry. like that's <laughs> okay. I feel like it's pretty common in kids with neglectful parents because, you know, if you're not giving your child any attention, except for when they're sick, obviously they're going to want to be sick all the time. But Janine felt like an outcast. People who knew her said that she was short, overweight, and was known to be mean, aggressive, and manipulating, as well as being a compulsive liar. When Janine's 14-year-old brother, Travis, died due to an accident. Um, she was actually the one that found him in the garage. She, he had like tried to make a homemade bomb. Oh, what an interesting Yeah, I don't activity. know. I don't know if it was just like, I don't know. <laughs> With like sparklers or like a true homemade bomb? I have no idea. Because you know people make bombs with sparklers. Yeah. And I feel like that wouldn't be that I mean, it's not good, but it wouldn't be that strange for a child to have access to. Yeah, well, this, I have a feeling it was not that kind because, and I'm not sure, because literally only one article meant, like, it just said her brother died and everything else. But it never was like, her brother died and this is the details of what happened. But, like, except for one. And it obviously didn't go into very much detail. But mm. it doesn't sound like the shed, like, burnt down and he was in it. So I, and this is an assumption, I am assuming it was, like, a chemical reaction, you know, like, making Mm -hmm. mustard gas or something like that, that he was found dead on the garage floor. Okay. So, I don't think it was a sparkler bomb. I think it was, like, child experiment bomb. Okay. But, again, that's, that's a guess. However, a year after her brother passed away her father died from cancer and so obviously with all of these things happening so quickly she was devastated she tried to find security through marriage but she was still in high school so obviously her mom was not happy with the with the idea of that but as soon as she graduated she married he has a lengthy name she married james jimmy harvey delaney jr oh that is quite a name many names they called him jimmy <laughs> shorten it up there Though less than a year after their marriage, he joined the Navy and was out of state. Janine was frustrated and took out her frustrations in the form of multiple affairs that she bragged about while her husband was off serving the country. Terrible. Mm-hmm. She really needed a hobby, obviously, one other than sleeping with people that aren't her husband. We've so- talked about this before. <laughs> True. So her mother suggested that she went to beauty school, and she did just that. And also, she had a child named Richard. This was once Jimmy returned from service. Their marriage was short-lived, though. They split after about four years. But three years after their divorce, they decided to give things another go. Oh. (laughs) And during this, they had their daughter, Heather. (gasps) What? But then they split again. So You didn't fix anything. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm frightened. I do not like my name being in this story. Heather and Janine. Janine and Heather. (laughs) <laughs> um, Janine wasn't considered a bad mother, 
per se, but she pretty much let her mom raise her kids, which doesn't make you a good mother, you know. Yeah, I agree with that in today's standards, but I do think then a lot more grandparents were, like, directly involved with raising children. Oh, no, I totally get that. Like, my my grandparents, you know, for the most part raised me while my parents were, like, working. Yeah. But... I also know people that, like, their kids, like, leave with their grandparents because they'd rather be at the bar. Totally. So. Totally. And I do think that's, there's, like, a fine line to walk there, but. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, During this time, though, she decided to ditch the beautician career and go to nursing school, which it's kind of funny because somebody had said that she had actually been working at a hospital as a beautician and she thought the doctors were hot. And this is what made her want to go in the medical field. Nice. It's like... Solid, Janine. Usually people are like, I really want to help people. She's like, doctors are hot. Let me get in on that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know. Doctors are busy. (laughs) Doctors are stressed. And I really think that it's like HR issues if you're a nurse and you're dating a doctor. Oh, for sure. You'd have to quit. Right. I don't think she would have a problem with. (laughs) I'm judging her. (laughs) But in the 1970s, after she graduated as a licensed vocational nurse, she was fired from her first job at San Antonio's Methodist Hospital. She was fired for being rude and trying to make decisions in areas that she was not authorized to. She began working in the pediatric ICU at Bexar County Hospital, which is now called the University Hospital of San Antonio. This was on October 30th of 1978. She wasn't great at this job either. She didn't listen to orders and would constantly do, quote, what she thought was best for the child. She didn't take classes that were supposed to be mandatory. And she made many errors in administering incorrect medicine. However, the head nurse named Pat Belko liked Janine. Unlike everyone else, other staff members literally transferred to different parts of the hospital solely because they didn't want to work with her. So, to be honest, she should have been fired, but Pat always stood up for her. On top of this, on I top, wonder why. She just, like, thought she was super involved in her job and, like, was super loved helping children. Okay. It was, like, weird. That is very strange to me. Yeah, and everybody else thought she was, like, rude. Well, she was well, rude. If you're administering incorrect drugs, mm-hmm. that's pretty bad. Yeah. And it said she had messed up eight times. I feel like you get three strikes, if that. Yeah. In the pediatric ICU, you get one strike in my book. Those are kids. Yeah. Like, their bodies process medication differently, and medications have different long-term side effects for children than they do adults. So if you're giving them the wrong thing, and then they also have to take another medication because you messed it up the first time, and then they also have to take the correct medication, that's three medications. Yeah. You're causing them long-term damage. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. No, but this Pat lady always stood up for her. I'm not a fan of Pat either. Right. Well, on top of this, back to, like, her childhood issues, she always thought that she was, like, ill. Like, going to the doctor, like, 30 times and... Oh, probably because what you said, like, she faked being sick to get attention. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it if at this point it was faking it for attention or if it was, like, hypochondria. Well... Even if it was true hypochondria, like, it probably stemmed from... The attention. Her childhood and only getting attention when she was sick, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of those things come from somewhere. True. Well, Pat wasn't alone, and the director of the hospital 
also thought that she was passionate and often put her in charge of the sickest patients. Interesting choices have been made here. Bad choices. Terrible. After she began her career there, there was a spike in children's death in the PICU. Children with non-fatal conditions were dying, and other nurses even referred to Janine's shift as the death shift. That's bad. Terrible. So the hospital was afraid that they would get sued. So instead of investigating this more, they decided to not let vocational nurses in the PICU and only let registered nurses work there. Though the spike in fatalities decreased, they still (laughs) didn't feel the need to investigate it further. So after this, in 1982, Janine began working at a brand new pediatric clinic in Carryville, Texas, even though the doctor in charge, Dr. Kathleen Holland, knew of the accusations as she did her residency at Bexar, and even though she was warned by, like, the head doctor not to hire Janine, she did it anyway, and soon after, many children there began having unexplainable seizures. Thankfully, Hmm. these children were transferred to a different hospital for treatment, and they survived. Even though Dr. Holland was aware of the allegations against Janine, she didn't put two and two together, apparently, or just thought that because she was, this is what she said to people, she thought that because she was a specialist, that all of the people sent her the worst cases. And that's why there was so many failures or whatever, which I do know. I, think I mean, it, was, it kind of makes sense, but I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, well, I know, like, um, I think it was on The Good Doctor, but it was, like, they were looking for a surgeon, and they were, like, oh, this guy has really good success rates. And they were, like, no, we don't want that guy that has really good success rates because that means he only takes on easy clients and he's not actually good at his job. And then they were, like, because you can't save everyone or something like that. It was, like, weird. Like, how they were, like, you don't want the people that – have like the best rates because that means that they're not challenging themselves yeah stuff like that so yeah i don't know and it is hard also like i know that she knew about the allegations but also as a medical medical professional to another medical professional you have to in your heart be hoping that they joined this profession for the right reason right you know she does not know that she joined the profession because the doctors were hot yeah i don't think she put that on her resume (laughs) you know what i mean though no i get it But this wasn't until the death of a 15-month-old patient named Chelsea McLennan that Dr. Holland began an investigation. On September 27th of 1982, they looked into the medical stock at the clinic. So they found that two bottles of succinylcholine, which is a muscle relaxant that can be fatal if administered wrong, but two bottles had been tampered with and one was missing completely. The two supposedly full bottles had pinpricks in the stoppers, and one was completely replaced with saline. On October 12th of 1982, a jury was organized, and after an autopsy and a medical investigation, it was determined that Chelsea's death was caused by the muscle relaxant, and it was an overdose. This jury also investigated the eight children who had seizures, After this investigation, a new one for the 47 suspicious deaths at Bexar Hospital opened. 47? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness gracious. That is way more than I had 
like imagined in my head. Mm-hmm. And that was a two year, like a two year span or something. Oh my gosh. So during the first trial on October 24th of 1984, Janine Jones was convicted of the murder of Chelsea McLennan and the injury of seven others. She was sentenced to 99 years and for the attempted murder of one-month-old Rolando Jones. She was sentenced to 60 years for that. Bexar Hospital illegally destroyed records that were subpoenaed because they were embarrassed, so this kept Janine from being prosecuted for the murders at their hospital. She was said to be released on parole in 2017 because of, like, overcrowding. However, her parole was denied after the families of the victims protested. She was then again scheduled for release in March of 2018, but had five new murder charges pending against her from 1981. In April 2018, a judge in San Antonio denied the request to dismiss the five new murder indictments. And on January 16th of 2020, Janine pled guilty to the murder of 11-month-old Joshua Sawyer, who died on December 12th of 1981. The deaths of Rosemary Vega who was two, Richard Nelson, who was eight months old, Patrick Zavala, who was four months old, and Paul Edward Villarreal, three months, were dropped as the arrangement for the guilty plea, and she was sentenced to life in prison. The plea deal requires that Janine serve at least 20 years of her life sentence before she can become eligible for parole, though she was granted the credit for the years served while awaiting, awaiting trial. She will be 87 years old before she again has the chance to be free in 2070 in 2037. Capital murder of a child under 10 was not an existing charge in Texas in the 1980s, which is why the charges, I mean, Texas, Texas be like death penalty everyone. So mm-hmm. I, that's why, <laughs> um, which is really messed up. But someone convicted of capital murder of a child today faces either the death penalty or mandatory life in prison. And um, this entire time, Janine said that she never hurt children and she loved children and all that stuff. But at the same time, um, she had written a letter basically saying that she did it and, like, killed the kids. So it was, like, weird. But she said, quote, I look back now on what I did and I agree with you now that it was heinous and that I was heinous. My only defense is that I was not sound of mind or not sound of mind then or any time before 1994. That is not an excuse, just a fact. God, in his infinite wisdom and mercy, granted me a sound mind upon receiving him as Lord of my life. So, I have no words for that, but... I hope that's true. Yeah, I... I don't know. We can only hope, but I feel like she was, they believe, she is a serial killer, and they believe that she has killed over 60 children, so. I'm not saying that she No, I know. It, and I'm not saying that she's not, and was not crazy. I think she probably is still crazy, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I hope that she has tried to turn her life around, you know? Yeah. Especially, I mean... I'm not upset that she has to be in jail until she's an old, old lady, but... And who knows if she's even going to make it that long. But... I'm just saying. So, how does Janine Jones tie into our... Hold on, I got a question first. What? 
Was she mean to her children? She didn't raise her children, so. Oh, that is right. You did tell me that. Yeah, so. But I just, that's She wasn't so considered a bad mother, which is pretty much the only You did say thing. that. I don't know why, but, like, in my mind, I'm just, like, if you're doing that to children that are, like, very vulnerable in the hospital, <laughs> that's, like, a special kind of sickness. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just can't imagine that she wouldn't also be doing that to any other child that she had access to. Yeah. It, it really doesn't make sense, but, I mean, maybe she just didn't have access to her children at all. It didn't really go into a lot of detail about that. Um, maybe she tried and her mom was like, no. Maybe her mom knew she was crazy. But. That, Sorry. No, you're fine. So, how does Janine Jones tie into her Halloween theme other than being a real-life monster herself? Well, she was loosely based. Mm-mm. She was loosely the inspiration for Nurse Ann Wilkes and Stephen King's famous book later turned into the movie, Misery. I never even heard of that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kathy well, Bates played her. I don't know who that is. Um, you don't know who Kathy Bates is? You, you know who Kathy Bates is. Not off the top of my head. I don't know any celebrity names though. I'll show you a picture. Um, before we started recording, Jill was like, I'm 100% sure that you've never heard of this, but I have said that before, so I'm going to say I'm 99.9% sure that you've never heard of this. And I was like, the movie. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so it is said that Stephen King, because this happened at the time he was writing it, her conviction, I mean, um, so people believe that she was the inspiration or partially inspiration. Stephen King also says that, like, his addiction was also the inspiration for the book. But like Janine, Annie also had a history of drugging and murdering patients under her care. And, you know, I'm not going to spoil a movie for you, but while Nurse Annie was serving as the head maternity nurse at the hospital in Boulder, Colorado, 11 infants died under mysterious circumstances in her care. She was tried for the deaths, but never proven guilty in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that, and I, it's such a good, it's not scary. It's not scary. I'm rolling my eyes. It's not. <laughs> basically, like, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen like the movie. I just feel like we go over this again and again and again, and I'm so sorry that I do not like spooky movies. It's so spooky. <laughs> it's like, it's, I don't know. Then why, if it's not spooky, tell me why it's included in our Halloween episode. and our spooky Halloween series. Because you labeled it spooky Halloween. It is is a Halloween. Well, if it's Halloween, it's spooky. It's it's a horror movie. Then it's spooky. It's not. It's just it cannot be in the horror category and not be spooky. It's like you can't tell me I'm wrong. Fine, fine. Heather never (laughs) has to watch any Halloween movies except for like the ones that we said last week because they aren't scary. Okay. (laughs) She just like had like a seizure. You did not know what a seizure is. I did see it. I saw somebody have a seizure when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Found out she was diabetic. That's not related, but. It's just like sad how often stuff like that happens. Mm-hmm. It's sad that as a society, when our loved ones are sick and we take them to the place that's supposed to care for them, we still have to be concerned for their well-being because unfortunately, I don't know where the breakdown occurs If it's that, like, nursing schools or medical schools or whoever, like, aren't realizing that these people are not in it for the right reasons and are going to abuse their power 
or if it's during their clinical rotations, like the nurses that they're under don't realize it, or doctors, or if they just turn into scary people after they're fully fledged. I don't know, but it's just kind of, I mean, it's sad more than anything. Like it's sad and scary and we should be able to trust our medical system. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, even if there's only one in a thousand that are bad, we still have to be worried. Right. Because there's one out there. No, I agree. And I mean, it is scary. You do hear stories like this. You know, we've even talked about other stories where stuff like this happened where you're supposed, like, with care staff. And it's just, it is sad because you want everybody to go into these fields with the right reasons. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like you said, there's always going to be at least one person that messes it up for everybody. Yeah. And it also makes me sad that, you know, even the people that are in charge, they're still people. They're human. They make mistakes. Mm -hmm. They have the same human emotions and unfortunately her charge nurse or head nurse or whatever you called it um for whatever reason favored her and she wasn't able to have a clear mind when thinking about the events that had happened same with the doctor that hired her even though she was advised not to maybe she was feeling pressure maybe you know she just really needed a warm body in that spot I don't know but it's unfortunate that we Children. all make mistakes. Yeah. And in this case, the mistakes killed innocent children. Mm-hmm. And those families have to grieve for the child's entire life. Like, they're probably still grieving to this day. Oh, yeah, because this was not that long ago. Yeah. Um. So definitely condolences to everybody affected. Um. Yeah, this wasn't... I mean, I really... I do love the movie Misery, but... Knowing, like, and I didn't know this mm-hmm. until I was, like, trying to find people for the series. But I made my boyfriend, he has never seen it because he's very much like Heather. I made him watch it last night. and Was it spooky to him? No, he actually said that out of all of the movies I've made him watch for spooky Halloween season the past couple of years, that this was the best. So, Because I've made him, like, watch all the classics that he never got to watch. And he's... <laughs> No, you're fine. And he said that this was the best one that I have forced him to watch so okay. far. Okay, well, then maybe I will watch it with you. <laughs> I, I I say we watch, like, Beetlejuice, but, but yeah. So that was the case of the crazy killer nurse Janine Jones, who loosely was the inspiration for Nurse Ann Wilkes in Stephen King's Misery. Even though I don't think he's outright came and said it, the person who directed the movie did, so it's up in the air, but I know. There's at least a tie, like a tie. They're at least similar, you know? Mm-hmm. It was interesting, though, re-watching the movie again last night and, like, knowing and, like, seeing all the little pieces that clicked together. Like, she had a scrapbook that had, like, news articles and stuff like that in it. It was very interesting, but um, that wraps up our spooky season series but I do just want to add that unrelated to our story for today that this is the last week of October and October is domestic violence awareness month and that is something that we advocate for so I just wanted to bring awareness to the awareness month before the awareness month was over okay 
I had no idea. I'm so glad that you mentioned it. Yes. So some of the statistics for it is that more than one in four women and one in 10 men are affected by domestic violence. That is only the ones that are reported, which we know many Mm -hmm. are not. For sure. The CDC says that 43 million women and 38 million men have experienced psychological aggression by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Domestic violence is something that does not discriminate against race, gender, or sexual orientation. It is something that often goes without reporting until until it is too late. So please be safe. If you're ever in need of a hotline, it is 800-799-7233, or you can text START to 88788 and always feel free to reach out on Facebook if you ever need a listening ear. I feel like it is important to talk about these things but I also feel like it is important to emphasize how we talk about these things and it is I'm always one of those people that is very aware of my surroundings and even my boyfriend learned very early on in our relationship that if we were ever in public and I just instantly stop in my tracks and stop talking to him, that I am probably eavesdropping on somebody's situation because I am that person that wants to make sure that everybody is safe if I see an altercation happening. But with that being said, I know we all want to live like it is John Quinones is what would you do and step in. But with stepping into situations like this, We don't think about the repercussions that may happen to the victim later on because, you know, if you see something and you say something and you're not there at the end of the day, a lot of times um, the violence is directed at the victim even more because they feel embarrassed or something like that. Um, Also, your safety is important when handling these situations and personally I know me and some of my friends that listen to this podcast have found that out the hard way and have been threatened with guns trying to stop a domestic violence situation so uh, always be safe doing that and I don't know just learn the signs and always try to leave and try to look for the signs in your friends and I don't know stuff like that that was really stupid that was a stupid rant but I just want to say it's domestic violence awareness month and everybody should be aware and stop it (laughs) okay (laughs) I think that's a great reminder I'm I mean like you said so many people are affected by that Mm -hmm. so it is good to know about it's good to know that you probably have a friend that's experiencing it so just make sure that you're taking care of them. Yep. And stop stigmatizing it. I know people are like, oh, don't talk about it. Like, why would you talk about it? Make it a thing. It's not, a, it's not, what is it? Cliche to talk about it. So that's why we're bringing it up. And that's the end of spooky Halloween season. Okay. Thank you for the reminder. Thank you for teaching me about Janine. I still love my car. I still love <laughs> the name Janine for my car. Janine really fits the Jeep. Y'all could see her and you'd be like, yeah, she's a Janine. Um, at any rate, thank you for listening. Um, if you haven't already, please follow our social medias. If you want to buy merch, you can still buy merch. And we will be back together next week with another episode. Hey, bye. Bye. bye.